Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akidinol, founder of Leading Australian Podcast Agency and 2021 Australian Podcast Awards finalists, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer to peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way, pursue your passion, and why there's really nothing better. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. When have you reached your limit, peers? Is it when you can't get out of bed? When your body is screaming at you to slow down? Or maybe it's when your work is no longer lighting you up. Everyone has different limits, but one thing's for sure, burnout is not a good place to be. For today's guest, Jessica Williamson, it was when adrenaline fatigue hit her like a truck and the two-hour commute to the office drained her energy that she knew she needed to make a change. After listening to her body and heart, Jess branched out as an entrepreneur and has scaled four businesses in the last five years. In today's episode, business coach Jess shares how she got out of a dark and unhealthy place, the power of understanding human design and the importance of figuring out what success really means to you. For those of you who haven't yet posted about our podcast on your socials, or if you're new here, firstly, welcome. And please do take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs and help us on our mission to empower you all to pursue what you're most passionate about through entrepreneurship. Okay, peers, without further ado, welcome Jess. Jess, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. I am so excited to chat with you today. Amazing. Oh my goodness. You know, when you and I connected, I looked into you and all of the incredible work you're doing in business as a serial entrepreneur and then also as a business coach. And so I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on and for your kind words. 
Of course. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'm always like, how long do we have? Cause I feel like, I feel like I've put a normal person's 20 years into five. And so I've done a lot of different things. I've had five different businesses that I've grown and scaled and, um, I'll get into that in a moment, but, um, now I am doing business coaching and mindset and I just love helping other females have success in their business as well. So in the past five years, I started when I was 22 and I was working in digital marketing, had no experience in business or in fashion, but I decided that I'm going to make a global swimwear brand as we do. <laughs> so I decided from day one, totally unqualified, had zero contacts, knew nothing, but I had a unwavering belief that I could make it happen. Um, and I think that's where I'm really, really passionate about mindset being a huge part of success because if I didn't believe it could be global from day one, I wouldn't have sourced overseas manufacturers from day one. I wouldn't have targeted influencers internationally. I wouldn't have then gone on to set up Hong Kong and USA warehouses and all of this fun stuff. And so I started when I was 22 and I was working full time for a whole year while I was building the business, having a lot of toilet trips and a lot of appointments to get out of work to do my business, but we make it happen. So I started that business and within, I think it was seven months of having the idea. I'd launched online. I'd manufactured a whole product overseas that I had no idea what I was doing. I built my whole website, built up an Instagram following of about 5,000, built my own website, all of the above. And now that I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, normal, normal fashion-based businesses, you're working six to 12 months out for a production run. And that's when you know what you're doing. So I still don't know how I did it, but here we are. <laughs> so I love to work super, super quick. And I launched online in February, which again, wasn't the best time, but I was just like, I'm ready, I'm launching. So I didn't even really think about that being the end of summer, probably not the best time to launch a swimwear brand, but it didn't really play any part because I went full balls into it and it worked. And then the craziest thing happened. So one massive part of my journey was that one week after I launched, I received an email inviting me to this Australian showcase in New York Fashion Week. And I was like, who the hell is emailing me after one week of <laughs> operating? Like, what is going on? And I thought this has got to be a scam. But um, it turned out it wasn't a scam and I was in a showcase with top Australian brands that I've looked up to for so, so long. And so when I look back and really unpack that, it wasn't luck. It was the fact that I decided it was going to be global from day one, that I didn't let any possible limiting beliefs stop me from going all in on it and really taking that leap. Like I could have said, well, who am I? I have no experience. I have no money. I'm 22. I'm working full time. So I have no time either. And like all of the things I could have used as excuses, but I didn't. And so because I decided it was going to be global, I did a photo shoot that was really, really high end. You know, I flew all the way to Melbourne to do it because it was the exact photographer and model that I needed. And from Perth, it's a long way. It's like a five hour flight. So <laughs> for anyone that's not from here, it's pretty far. So I did all of these things that then allowed them to see me as a global brand that could be on the stages of New York Fashion Week alongside these other brands. So 
that's kind of where my journey started. And then it just kind of was a crazy roller coaster nonstop from there. And I started four other businesses, which one of them was an influencer travel agency. So I saw all these big brands taking influencers to the Maldives and having all these massive press trips. And that would be a dream right now. But <laughs> um, I thought, well, how can I do this for small businesses? We don't have 500 grand to do an all expenses trip for the influencers. So I thought I'm going to make this an agency model. So I used my contacts. I'd worked with global influencers all over the world. And so I used my contacts with them and then I offered brands packages so that they could have access to these influencers. And sometimes with influencers, they don't always get the brand's point of view. So I was on the trips as like the brand liaison to make sure, well, hey, we've got to get the logo in the shot or we need to make sure that this shot is perfect. So I did three trips to Bali, one to the Sundays, and we partnered with the tourism group there and then one trip to Fiji with the Marriott group. So that was a pretty cool business and it obviously helped my swimwear because I took the swimwear <laughs> as well. Yeah. So uh, that was fun. Um, but I went a little bit crazy in 2019 and did too many trips in a row. And then I thought I'm going to have a break. And then we all know what happened in 2020. So here we are. And to be honest, I probably won't pick that business back up again. Um, it was a lot of stress and a lot of work, but, um, and it wasn't really my purpose. So <laughs> it was a good fun and good learning experience. And then I started a bricks and mortar, um, events and photo shoot venue in Perth here, and um, grew and scaled that to be booked out every weekend. But again, I was like, it just doesn't feel right. Like it just wasn't my passion. And so I sold that business. And then most recently, just in July 2021, I've now just sold my swimwear brand. So Ete Swimwear. I've just Damn. sold that to someone in uh, San Francisco. So that was pretty cool because most of our customers are over in the US and well, not ours anymore, not mine anymore, <laughs> but yeah. So it's been a crazy time. I mean, that is the shortest version that I could give you <laughs> of that. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Jess. Wow. You know, I think so many of our peers out there listening are just shaking their heads and nodding along and can't believe how much you've done in such a short amount of time. I mean, you know, I think I can't wait to dive deeper into the journey and all your learnings. And I love how you touched on that idea of, you know, letting things go when they weren't resonating with you anymore, or, you know, they weren't your purpose or passion. But before we dive into that, I'd like to start with a question I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, what did your parents do and how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Yeah. So my dad actually owns a paint shop. So like a bricks and mortar, traditional, you know, home paint style shop. Um, so he does that and he's quite, you know, a risk taker, I guess. He was the one who was like, yeah, go for it, quit your job. But um, my mum was a bit more like, oh, are you sure? Do you want to quit your job? Um, but my mum, you know, when she was younger, she was an artist and she's actually exhibited at Michael Jackson's house, like pretty crazy stuff. Wow. And so she really taught Go me. mum. Yeah. Oh. 
So that was pretty cool. Um, so as she's gotten older, I think she's gotten more risk averse <laughs> and like, hey, Jess, don't quit your job. But yeah, so I think they've been my biggest cheerleaders and just really instilling like you can do anything. It wasn't really like a tangible push. Like they didn't really say or help me with the business, but it's just probably the energy that you surround yourself with and obviously growing up with that sort of mindset as well. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping others cultivate that mindset because I just naturally thought that way. Even with New York Fashion Week, I could have said, well, firstly, I've just launched and I've got zero dollars. I've just spent all my dollars on my (laughs) first collection. I've got a job with zero annual leave. I've got to go to New York. Like so many reasons why I could have said no, but that didn't even cross my mind. And so now that I look back and I realize what other excuses or limiting beliefs other people have that I didn't have them. I'm so helping people to really create that positive mindset and rewire the way that they think is really where it all starts. Because if I didn't believe that, then I wouldn't have done anything to now. How do we gain that self-belief? You know, it can be really hard, Mm. especially when we have you know, bills to pay, we've got to live, we've got family, we've got things happening. How do we, where do we start? Yeah. So starting obviously takes a while because if you've thought a certain way for your whole life, it's like walking down a grass, long grass path and you've made this path in the grass super easy to just keep walking that same path. If we want to make a new path, we've got to now go off track and it's like the grass is hitting us and it's not all that fun and we might fall over a bit and all of that. And then we might just come back on the easy road, but it's sticking true to that. So the first step really is understanding what possibly the limiting belief might be or what the mindset block is, because if we're not aware of it, what I see a lot of people do is they're they're treating the procrastination or they're treating the self-sabotage. They're like, oh, I've got to stop watching Netflix and I've just got to work harder or I've got to organize my calendar better. But if your fear is a fear of judgment because you might fail, then just working harder is not going to solve that problem. Um, So really working out what that is first. And so ways that you can figure that out is looking at like, do I keep coming up against the same challenges? Do I keep avoiding certain things. Or you might even just be like, oh, I know. I know what it is. This one time when I was a child that this happened and now I'm super risk averse. But we really need to become aware of it first. And that awareness alone will help to restructure that thought pattern. But once you are aware, then you can start that work on rewriting it. So I always liken it to, you know, when you're driving to a first place for the first time and you have to like check the GPS every five minutes and you're really, really checking that. And then you get to the point where you've driven there like every day for a year and you're like, did I just go through a red light or did did, did something happen? Like, was that green or not? And your brain goes into autopilot. It's not even conscious of what's happening. That's where we need to get our beliefs to. So right now, your like whatever the limiting belief is, is happening and you don't even know it's happening. So we need to become aware of that first and then we can start to say, okay, that's the old belief. What is the new belief that I want to have? So maybe the old belief is um, I'll be judged if, if I do something out of the norm or if I fail, I'll be judged. 
And then you could say something else that's really, really empowering. So that's where affirmations and things like that come in. But I see a lot of people using affirmations just in a real generic way, like I am worthy, I am happy, I'm, you know, great, (laughs) which is nice. It's nice and positive and spreading the good vibes. But what you can do is do an affirmation that's specifically opposite to the area that you're wanting to work on. And saying that to yourself over and over and over, then your brain starts to believe it. And so that's where you're walking the new path and it takes a while. So you're going to have to walk that path every single day over and over and over until your brain believes it. And so that's one part. I mean, there's so many different things that we could go into. (laughs) That's one example. I love it. You know, I think you're just so right. I think it's just rewriting that story that we have in our minds. And I think so many of us just, I mean, it definitely myself included. There are so many times where I'm just like, oh, why do I keep doing the same thing? And I can't seem to just, you know, change or why can I do, why can I excel in one area? But when it comes to like procrastination, I can't seem to excel or I can't seem to understand why I can't push my career in the same direction I want it to go. I find that so fascinating. Was there a point in your journey in the early days where you were flying to Melbourne, you were flying to New York, you were making it all happen with your business that you had that moment of doubt or, you know, that you felt perhaps like it just wasn't going to work out. If so, what was that experience like for you and how did you navigate through it? And what advice would you give to all of us, you know, listening in about overcoming doubt and fear? Yeah. So fear and doubt, I, to be honest, and this is like probably not what anyone wants to hear, but to be honest, I didn't really have a moment of that. And the way that my brain works is kind of like, well, where's the end point that I want to get to? Well, what's the first step? What's the next step? What's the next step? And so even when I started the business and I had no idea, I was like, I want to make a swimwear brand, probably should find a factory. And then I hustled, like I was on my phone while I was in the toilet. I was on my phone when, you you know, all the time, just like messaging and finding factories. And then I was like, okay, what's the next step? I'll make an Instagram account. And so my brain just works quite logically. Um, and there was never a moment where I was like, what am I doing? To be honest, I never really thought about it. And if I did think about it, I probably would have realized that swimwear Online is the hardest product category you could ever sell because you've got seasonality, you've got it's got to be fitting perfectly, it's got to hold all the things in the right places, then you've got body confidence issues that you're fighting against and then you've got um, people only need one a year usually and then like all of the things and people can't try them on online. But I didn't even think of that. And so then because I didn't think of that, they never became a challenge and there would have probably been... And this is where I think a lot of people get stuck in the fear is because they think maybe there's a better idea. Maybe there's a better way to do it. Maybe there's the right way to do it. And I just said, well, I don't know the right way. I'm just going to figure out a way, just a way. And like, if it doesn't work, I'll change the way. (laughs) Um, And so even when I designed the swimwear, any fashion designer would be like, what the heck is this? But I just designed, I was like, how do I communicate my design? So when it comes to fear and self-belief, I think sometimes you've got to just do it. But what I would say is if you are really stuck in that position where you're like, I just don't know. And I'm like crippled. And so I'm not taking any action because I'm just so afraid. 
the thing that you can start doing is taking small steps because what you're normally looking at is like, what if I try this business and the entire thing fails? If we just look at small steps and it's like, okay, well, I need to find a manufacturer. So let that be my goal firstly. So we make a small goal. And so what that's doing subconsciously as well, when we set a small goal and we achieve it, our brain says, when I set out to achieve things or when I set a goal, I can achieve them. So it's starting to work subconsciously on our self-belief because it's proving it's got hard facts. When I set this goal, I have achieved it. And then you do that over and over and over. So you break your goals down into smaller manageable things. And even if it's like something like procrastination or eating healthy or whatever it is that you're wanting to do, if you just, you know, you've always heard it, but no one's ever really explained why it works, but breaking your goals down into smaller manageable goals. Then it doesn't become this big, all-encompassing, oh my gosh, if it fails, then I'm a failure. And then, you know, I can't do anything. And all of this negative self-talk that might come, it's just like, okay, what's, what's the first thing that I'm going to do? That's my goal. Focus on that one thing. Tick it off. Great. And be proud of yourself for doing that. Such valuable advice. When was a time where you felt like a failure? Hmm. So (laughs) I actually, I don't believe in failure, to be honest. I don't believe it exists because, and I've actually had people ask me like, don't you see like some of your other businesses as failures because maybe they would see it as a failure. But to be honest, even with my events venue, I sold the business But then the landlord, there was like this massive fight with the landlord. And then I ended up just actually saying, look, let's forget the sale. Let's just close it because it was causing me so much anxiety and stress. And I couldn't do anything else in my other businesses. And so for me, I could have taken it to court and, you know, got the money and I did lose a bunch of money and all of that. But I still don't see it as a failure because it was a choice for what was right for me. And so when you go back to what is right for you, Like for me, what was right was reducing stress, feeling more at ease, like being able to relax. Then what's a few thousand dollars to be lost? You know, at the end of the day, it's just money. And so when we get really caught up on the outcome of the business has to be successful so that I look successful, then that's actually doing the biggest disservice because whose idea of success is that firstly? society's idea of success that you have to keep hustling and growing this business and it looks shiny and fun. My idea of success was feeling not stressed (laughs) and to relax and feeling calm and then focusing on the things that I loved. And so for me, it was a success. I lost money on that end in, in losing the sale, but it was still a success because I ended up more calm. And by giving myself back that energy and having the mindset that Money flows. Money is energy. It flows easily in and out. It comes in, it goes out. And so I didn't get caught up on the money that I lost. I just knew that I am calm. I'm going to do some fun things. I'm going to do what I love and focus over here. That's when money flows in, when you're doing what you love, when you're putting your energy into things that really make you happy rather than, you know, over here trying to hustle a business that wasn't lighting me up. Uh, it's all about lighting us up. I'm just all about that. And I think our peers out there listening can resonate. I, 
I think though it's it can be tough to figure out what that thing is. You know, what is it that lights me up? That for me was the biggest question mm. for honestly about a year and two years when I was starting out um, about four years ago. But you know, I think our peers out there listening can resonate. How do we figure out what lights us up? And for you, could you talk to us a little bit about? you know, your journey of all these different businesses to coming to a point where you've figured out now what lights you up? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is you've got to try it. Like you can try all of these courses that they're like, step one, do this, step two. But like, if you haven't tried the thing, how do you know if you're going to enjoy it? You might have a preconceived idea. Like I started all the five businesses because I thought they would be fun. And now they were fun. Like I was traveling around the world. I was designing fashion and I love fashion and travel and, you know, events and all of these fun things. And on paper, it makes sense. But then in reality, there were elements that triggered me or caused stress or caused anxiety and didn't work with my energy and all of this sort of thing. So I think the biggest thing is like, give it a go and to not look at it as a failure when it doesn't work out or you choose to leave that option. You know, we spoke previously, there are business coaches out there who've never run a business, but I wouldn't be here feeling good about it um, and be able to provide my clients as much value if I hadn't had five businesses in five different formats and tried the things and, you know, made mistakes and spent money on things I shouldn't have and, and done all of that and then worked on my own mindset to get here. So it's kind of a journey and even now, like in five years, this might not be what lights me up still, you know? So I think we're always growing and evolving, but the beauty of what I'm doing now is I've done so much self-discovery. So have you ever heard of human design? Oh yes. Talk to me. (laughs) Yes. So I love human design. I discovered it earlier this year and I've become obsessed. So it works off of your exact birth time. And so it combines like astrology, Chinese theories, it combines like physics, it combines all of the ideas. And so if you love astrology, this is like astrology on steroids. And so I like it because a lot of other personality tests ask you questions. So of course the answer is going to be accurate because you've answered the questions to get that result. Whereas this human design is based on when you're born, the exact time. And so there was a lot of discoveries that I found through that. I was like, This makes so much sense. And so what it kind of says for my type is like I'm meant to be like a guide for people. And my for anyone listening who's into human design, I'm a one and a three, which means one, I love absorbing all the information. And the three is that I like to trial and error to figure things out, which is like the story of what I've done the whole way. Like absorb all the info, trial it, didn't work, move on. But now that means that I can give my clients all of the info and the trial and errors. And it just made so much sense. So even explore the different kinds of personality tests and human design is my choice. Um, but maybe you really resonate more with astrology or whatever it is. So doing those things can really help unearth some things that maybe you knew, but you weren't conscious of. So when they get pointed out, you're like, oh, makes sense why I'm like this. (laughs) Um, So that was really, really cool. And to be honest, the biggest thing for me, like I am an introvert to the core. Like 
I wouldn't have been here five years ago. I'd be like, hell no, I'm not talking on a podcast. <laughs> this is not happening. Um, <laughs> Get me off. But I'm here. I didn't really know what questions we were going to go through. And I've gotten out of my comfort zone so much to have that self-discovery as well. So I think we've we've got to get out of our comfort zone to be able to figure out who we are as well and what our strengths and weaknesses are and all of that. All of that good stuff. I hear you. Yes, yes. I want to dive a bit deeper into the tough points of the journey. You know, I think... So much of the time and, you know, we have just like yourself, some incredible people on this show and, you know, the awards and the this and the that and just like you, you know, off to New York City showcasing in Fashion Week one week after I launched, you know, absolutely incredible. But I think sometimes we don't really talk enough about the dark side of business. And, you know, I know at least for myself, it was two and a half years of just failures, you know, just absolutely going through the ringer and just, you know, empty bank accounts to just having no clue what I was doing. And, you know, I think so many of our peers out there listening, if they're starting out, you know, fresh or they want to start out fresh or they're already in the first two years or whatever it may be, you know, I think we go through it. So can you talk to us a little bit about the dark side of business? Yeah, there was definitely many, especially in that first year. Um, there's always new challenges. I think we just get better at handling them a little bit and still mini breakdowns. Um, you know, you know, you get a nasty message from someone or whatever it is. But in the early days, it was tough. And I think, mm. you know, a lot of people see this on social media. It's like, hey, I'm going to the beach and this is me now, which I'm guilty of, you know, sharing this, but I share both sides. But, you know, we see this, like start a business, have freedom, you know, yeah. do all this. And in the beginning, you do have to make more sacrifices. And I, I get a lot of clients coming to me and they're like, Jess, I did one Instagram post, why am I not a millionaire yet? And so I think this is like the mindset that we need to to restructure a little bit because, I hustled so hard in the first year and I wouldn't recommend this, but I wasn't eating properly. I would just grab like a muesli bar or a banana. I I always slept. Like if I didn't sleep, I wouldn't function. So I always had good sleep, but I know people stay up all hours of the night, but I wasn't eating properly. I was driving a two hour commute every single day to a job that I hated when I felt anxiety about all the stuff that I had to do on my business, but I just couldn't because I was sitting in the car driving and then I was at the job, which is why I went to the toilet a ton of times so that I could quickly like get on my phone. Um, but that would played a lot on me mentally. So getting in the car and being stuck in peak hour traffic thinking it's five hours back home, uh, five minutes back home or two hours to the damn office that I don't even want to go to and the mental capacity that you have to do to sit there for two hours each way and then stay at the job all day for like eight hours when you've got stuff stressing you out in your business. And so I wasn't eating properly. My mental health was pretty dire. I did that for a whole year. And in that time, yes, I was growing internationally. I was um, going off to New York Fashion Week, which to be honest, I thought my boss didn't knew, but no, but he apparently saw me on Channel 9 News and never mentioned anything. So I was like over here pretending like they don't know what I'm up to, but little did they know. <laughs> um, so it was really tough that first year. And 
Mentally, I hit adrenal fatigue, which like my body was just shutting down. Like my, I have a bit of like acne and adult breakouts, but my skin was like worse than ever, worse than puberty. I couldn't even lay on a pillow like at night to sleep because it was so sore and inflamed. And that was because of stress. That was because of the pressure I was putting my body under. I was just surviving. Like I wasn't eating enough. I wasn't, you know, nothing was happening and all of my hormones and everything was just going crazy to keep me alive. I was basically running on adrenaline. Um, And so it was tough. And then the mental load, like, I was just at a breaking point. Like I was crying all the time and just anything would tick me off. Um, and just falling asleep every minute, even on the weekends, I'd go to my boyfriend's house and just sit on his bed on my laptop. And that would be our quality time together. I wouldn't go out with my friends. I literally did nothing but work. And I was living at home at the time. And if I wasn't living at home, I probably wouldn't have eaten dinner at all. So luckily my mom made me have dinner every night because she made it. But otherwise, I don't even know what I would have done, eat some crackers out of the cupboard. So I don't recommend it um, and it's not really a good place to be. But that was probably the lowest point. But in amongst all that, like I said, I had no money, but I still said yes to New York Fashion Week and I was like, I'll figure it out. I then continued on and I come from a marketing background and, you know, the old joke of marketing and finance hate each other in the corporate world because marketing wants to spend all the money and finance want to keep it. So I just kept spending. I made the collection. I, you know, paid for what I need to go to New York and all of that. And so just before New York Fashion Week, I got to my job after my two hour commute. I parked in the parking that you had to pay $12 every single day for. And it's like, why am I paying to be here? Firstly, I got there to pay for the parking and I tried to pay and my card declined. And I was like, can't be. And I logged into my online banking and I was like, negative two cents? Oh, no. How? And I had no idea, no warning. Like I'd always been a big saver when I was younger, worked since I was 14, always had like 20 grand in the bank when like my friends barely had $100. To be honest, I don't know how I did that with $7 an hour, but I always had money. And then I got there and I was like, negative two cents. No one carries cash. So of course I didn't have cash. And that parking, if you didn't pay for parking within like five minutes, you'd have a $60 fine. So I was like, I can't do that. Plus that day I didn't bring lunch because I was too busy to make lunch. And I thought I'll just have to buy lunch because I really don't have time to make lunch. So I thought that was honestly my biggest breaking point. Like I was unconsolably crying because it was a shock. I was mentally drained, had no energy. Then I couldn't even eat. And then I felt this overwhelm of guilt that like now I've got to ask someone for help because otherwise I'm going to get a fine. So I went in to the office and asked my friend. I didn't say why because I was so ashamed. I was like, hey, my my parking app isn't working. And she was like, well, why didn't you just use your card if your app's not working? And I was like, oh, no, my card's not working either. And it's like so obvious that I was making something up. And But she obviously felt bad. So she gave me a few coins and I went and paid for the parking. But then I just had to call my mom. And for some reason, my mom and dad were both not working that day. And so they made me lunch. They bought me a little bag of coins to give back to the girl. They bought me lunch that day. And like, I was just out the front crying so much. And all these people were going in and out of the office and like, what the hell's this chick doing? <laughs> like, you know, what's happening? But um, 
I know that there's worse things to happen in the world, but when you're at that breaking point and you just emptied your life savings, you're burnt out, you've like, you can't even eat today. Like if, if my mom or someone didn't bring me food, I don't even know. Like, and I'm stuck at this job. Now that I look back, I'm like, why? Like I should have just taken a day. I should have just gone home or been like, look, I'm severely sick today or whatever. But we put ourselves in these things. And even when I was staying at that job, I didn't really have to stay there. I was living at home at the time. Like, but we put these unnecessary rules of maybe it's society, maybe it's just what we think we need to be doing. And so I stayed at this full-time job for a whole year because I said to myself, when the business makes X dollars, I'm allowed to quit. The problem is the business was never really going to make X dollars until I quit because I couldn't make the time. And I do know of some clients of mine and things that are making 20K a month and still working, which, you know, that's the unicorn stories. That doesn't usually happen that way. The reason why I did quit in the end after a year was because I was even, that was like four months after this mental breakdown. So I was even further down that path. And I looked out the window and I saw McDonald's and I was like, I would actually rather work at McDonald's right now because it would be less stress, like less pressure. You could do whatever shifts. And I thought, well, why am I putting this pressure on myself? Like, why do we put all this pressure on ourselves to stay in our job or to keep doing something that's not working. And, you know, it's usually because maybe I was afraid that if I quit and the business failed, I'd never get another job. But I never actually stopped and asked myself, is that really going to happen? Like if my business fails, which to me, I didn't really believe in failure. So I'd be like, I'll figure it out if I want to do this. But if I chose not to do it anymore, well, I could get another job. Yes, it might take a little while, but I could get a job like I was, you know, had all this stuff behind me. So I made these unnecessary rules and burnt myself out to the brim. I really didn't need to. Like there was no real reason. And I know that other people have mortgages and kids and things that make it a little bit higher pressure, but it still comes from a similar mindset around like, is that true? And is that really going to happen? Like is the worst case scenario really going to happen or can we figure it out? Oh, Jess, that was just so good. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I actually got chills when you were talking about the bank cup, but it happened to me. It was at a petrol station Mm. and I just, I literally cut up my credit card and I only had my debit card left and I went to pay and the guy was like, oh, I'm so sorry, your card's declined. And I literally literally (laughs) held up. It was so embarrassing. I was mortified, but held up my broke, like cut up my credit card because I physically didn't want to spend any more on it because I couldn't. And I put it together. And I was like, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to punch in the numbers. Like, I, I literally can't pay for this. Oh, and he was no. like, <laughs> this is what we do for some reason. I think it's what we do for yeah. our, at least for me, it was a, I was so passionate about what I was doing and it wasn't making any money, but I just thought I have to stay in this. And I think for you, it was, I mean, almost a similar thing, but also if I don't quit my job, like who am I to quit my job right now? You know, I haven't Mm. made a big time. And I think that mindset is so prevalent. You know, I know people now who are coming to mind who are like, I'll quit my job when we make X, Y, Z, half a million bucks, a million, but whatever it is. And Mm. You know, it's just not often, it just doesn't really work that way. So I really appreciate you sharing. 
Yeah. The shiny side of that was when I did quit, the business grew 500% in one month. (laughs) Wow. I will put a disclaimer, it doesn't always happen that way, but um, (laughs) like it just shows Mm -hmm. where you put your energy and your time is where you'll see results. How can we get better at letting go of society's expectations of us so that we can step into the thing that we actually want to do? Oh, my gosh, so many things. And I think it's similar to what I said before about the limiting beliefs is figuring out like what rules you've placed on yourselves. Is it that I have to make X dollars or is it that I have to – be in a corporate job because it looks fancy or, you know, what is the rule or what is the expectation that you've got there? And then I like to just go outside and sit in the sunshine or sit in nature or go to the beach and just no tech, no other people either because other people you can, you know, be swayed a little bit. So I like to just sit. And this is a big thing that I had to learn because I couldn't sit still if you couldn't tell like <laughs> I didn't know how to sit still and even when I was trying to relax I was filling my time with things so a big lesson for me was just learning to sit with myself and my thoughts no podcast no music no multitasking just sit and so you could just start to brainstorm and think what is showing up for me right now like what are the rules or expectations that I have right now and then ask yourself is this mine Or is it someone else's? Where did I get this expectation from? Because we don't really question ourselves. We just like do. We're just like, I'm just doing this. And then when I ask people like, why are you doing that? They usually don't know. Most people who come to me in the, you know, for business coaching and things, they're like, Jess, my goal is 10K months. Or Jess, my goal is a million dollars. And it's always like this round number. And I'm like, why? Oh, I just saw someone else on Instagram making that and it looks great so it's like just questioning even your own goals and things like where did I get this number from am I limiting myself by saying that or am I like taking someone else's idea because it looks shiny and I think we get swayed a lot with social media and seeing other people succeed in a certain business or oh they send an email so I better send that email too and you know we just start thinking that their answer is the right answer but I think it just comes back to questioning yourself like where did I get this idea from? (laughs) Where did I get this thought from? Absolutely. I'm nodding along my peers who are listening in because I so agree. And, you know, for me, what's come to mind is something I'm currently grappling with, which is I think we are taught to always be busy. If you're busy, you'll be successful. And it's almost like busy equals success. And for me, I've really in the last year been challenging that. And actually it's been through meeting a couple of entrepreneurs who spend a couple of hours a day doing work and then that's it. And they make, you know, 10 times what I'm making. And it's more so than that. They love what they do, but they're also working out financially for them. And I'm thinking, how do they spend three hours a day working? And I spend eight, you know, what's happening here? And I think it's just that reframing. Mm. And for me, it was literally what you just said, sitting with myself going, where did this idea of being busy equals success come from? And, you know, for me, I had to deep dive into my history and my my parents are immigrants and, you know, that very hard work, you know, work 
car mm. mentality it's the only way if you're busy or your work you know you're successful and all of that and it's actually it was dissociating myself from that yeah. one belief which I'd been mm-hmm. kind of told my whole life and look I'm still struggling with it but um I'm getting I mean, there I myself I'm still working on that one as well but yeah. I mean I love that one because I do think that is probably one of the most common ones that people don't realize they have and I think it's one of the most common ones and even just now like my boyfriend's mum will be like oh how was your week was it busy and I'll say oh it was kind of busy and if I say yes she'll be like oh that's good Mm, and it's like and so often people have this response like hey is your business busy yeah it's busy oh amazing and I'm like no 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 (laughs) not amazing thanks and then when I'm like oh it wasn't very busy and they're like oh it'll be better next time I'm like no no this was great I went to the beach and I went shopping and I went and I'm doing fine life but I think yeah yeah, but I also think like some days I have those two three hour work days and mostly Fridays I take off but some Fridays I'm working 10 hours a day and then you know I think people we've got to also be careful of what we're consuming because I show myself at the beach sometimes but I'm also have 12 hour days sometimes. It just depends. Like we work with our energy as well. Sometimes I'm really motivated. Sometimes if I'm like on my period or something, I'm like, I can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to rest. So but take um, a half day. Yes. But I think that's a really common one where people think, okay, so I'm hitting 5K months. I want to hit 10K months. I better just get more clients. Yeah. And that's the instant reaction mm-hmm. that they have. All right. I need to do more marketing get more clients and then you're just now busier than ever. Sometimes you have to like break down your whole belief system and your whole business structure, rebuild it in a new way and then it works. So there's so many different ways. I mean, the strategies come once you figure out where you're wanting to go. Amen. Figuring out where we want to go. Where do you want to go in the next year? Yeah, in the next year. So actually this past year, my big goal was like more health, more um, balance, which we've just heard why. <laughs> like I've been there Necessary. and that's been my learning lesson. Like in 2019, I had all five businesses at oh, once, goodness. like all at once. Don't know. And I scaled and systemized and automated and did the things that I needed to, but I didn't need to be doing that. And then so 2020 and 2021 was my year for like health and balance, going to naturopaths and sorting out my hormones and all the all of that and just having more balance. So in the past year, I integrated, I think maybe the past two years, but Fridays have off. So 2022, I'm wanting to incorporate a bit more of that and little be a bit more structured. So um I'm looking to make more bigger impact. So I'm actually launching a course in January, which is actually literally what we've spoken about. So I'm combining mindset, understanding where you're going, and then with simple strategies, like let's stop overcomplicating it. So that's something that I'm passionate about. And like you asked earlier, how do you know what you value or how do you know what lights you up? I have like a whole section in that, which I actually just did at my retreat as well, but a whole section in that around discovering your values And so I think that a lot of the time it comes back to our values and what lights us up in order to then create a business around that. So um, that one was a really, really powerful exercise that 
I'm going to put in that, but that is where I'm going in 2022 so that I can hopefully make more of an impact because there's only one of me and I'm currently doing one-on-one coaching and I love the one-on-one coaching. So I'll never stop that because I'm an introvert, love working one-on-one, but I want to impact more people and share this message a bit wider. So I thought a course is going to be the way to go with some support from me, but then it won't require as much time um, from me as well. Yeah. Uh, we can't wait. That, that course sounds bloody divine. I will definitely be taking a peep um, and we yeah. can look it up in the show notes for all of our peers out there listening. Jess, we could talk for days. I'm absolutely loving yeah. this, but I am mindful of your time. <laughs> Before I ask you the final question, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you, Jess, for the incredible work you've done and that you're doing, for showing us, and particularly us young, ambitious women, that sewing down, looking within, and just taking some time can ultimately lead us to where we want to go. And we don't always have to hustle. And for that, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much for holding this space and for letting me share this with you and all of the peers as well. Of course. So look, the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, and that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? Oh, my gosh. I could just, I could probably do a whole whole day on this. <laughs> um, but the yeah, I think the the biggest value is feeling like you're yourself. I think that's the biggest thing. And it's kind of what we spoke about in regards to, you know, society's idea of success and this and that. But pursuing what you value and what's important to you, it allows you to be you. And this is what where I'm really at the point now where I'm like, I've found my purpose, I've done that because I'm selling me, if that makes sense. Like I'm a personal brand and if my values or my interests change, then my business can can change with me. Um, whereas I had a swimwear brand, it's, I mean, it could adapt, it could pivot, but it's pretty fixed. And so for me, really finding what I'm super passionate about um, also actually gives me the flexibility to change what I'm passionate about as well. And there's so many reasons, but that would be the main one, to just feel like yourself. And to just be like, wow, I'm doing this and this is what I feel like I'm here to do. Ah, I love it, Jess. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. We've had an absolute blast. Where can we learn more about you and your business? Yeah, you can find me over on Instagram at jess.williamson8. So I share most of the things on there. Um, Otherwise, you can find me on my website, jessicawilliamson.com dot com dot au and I have links to freebies and info and all the things on there as well. And yeah, that's that's pretty much me. <laughs> Yay. Perfect. We'll link them up in the show notes. Thank you so much again. It's been so so awesome. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial.
Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review. We produce with passion, and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers. Peers.